0: The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.
1: When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. What a beautiful day. Feels almost like October. But uh, let's start thinking positively. The greatest weapon against stress is our ability to choose one thought over another. I always like that one. You yourself, as much as anyone in the entire universe, deserve your love and affection. (laughs) Don't forget that, folks. And the greatest way to great to greatest achievement or to great achievement, I'm sorry, Saturday is to get started. All right, there we go. All right. So, uh, you know, I, I've been uh, talking to quite a few people about what happened yesterday and it was, it was kind of a bummer day, you know, uh, but you know, well, let's, let, let's first talk, uh, you know, Lori Calvacina had, Some notes that were before Friday. And, uh, you know, one of the things she keeps talking about is can the stock market put in a major bottom before the earnings per share forecast finished falling? And that may be a problem. Uh, the other question she had were valuations are a bit elevated, but not extreme. Um, but the S&P 500 against small caps, small caps still look cheap. They got whacked on Friday though. Okay. And, and the other high uh, frequency indicators is NASDAQ futures. Uh, they were, were looking overbought. Remember we talked last week about how overbought the market was. Well, we, we made up that in a, in a very quickly. But look, I mean, I, I listened to Powell on Friday. Now, this is Tim Hayes' personal opinion, okay? This isn't anybody else's. So, uh, you know, we can talk about this a little bit, but he was hawkish, okay? Stocks went down. I mean, it's not a surprise that the Fed is hawkish. They just had two of the largest interest rate increases since 1980, okay? That was a long time ago, folks. That was 22 years ago. Uh, 42 years ago, I'm sorry. (laughs) I forget sometimes, you know. But look, you've got to understand something. If the Fed wanted interest rates at 7% Monday, they would be there. They don't need a meeting. They don't need any whatever. They would be there. End of story, okay? Instead, they talk things down. Okay, they're talking things down. Did he say anything about any kind of interest rate levels? No. Zippo. So if they want it at six or seven or eight percent, it could be there Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yet they haven't. Now, I do think that we're not at Labor Day yet. And I know after talking to uh, (laughs) some folks that I know trade regularly with big trading desks, There was nobody there Friday. So I think what happened is, you know, Friday afternoon, they just took them down because they could. The machines got going. So, look, they are commenting directly about inflation expectations, nothing more. Because if you think think prices are going up, all you out there, and me, by the way, prices are going up. Simple as that. They want to stop us thinking like that, okay? So I'll just leave it, Leave that with you. And, and, you know, I I was I listened to uh, Tom Porcelli this week, and, and you're like, God, he's a insightful guy. He's, he's really a great guy to listen to. He's our chief economist. And he he, he said, he, this is before the meeting, he, he didn't see, you know, uh, we don't see why Powell would want to be aggressively hawkish here, but he was. Matter of fact, the whole Fed was that, you know, everybody at Jackson Hole was. Now, Jackson Hole's now starting to lean to the left quite a bit, okay? Uh, Even Larry Kudlow says that. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes further on. But inflation inflation is still elevated, okay? Uh, You know, there's some people, uh, there's some manufacturers marking stuff up just to mark stuff up. I'm having, you know, I had some trees come into my, (laughs) my screen and porch a while back, and we had the guys... You know, put the screens on, and the price of the door went from two hundred to two fifty in the time he quoted. And he says, "I apologize," but you know, he showed us he showed us the prices, and he apologized. Folks, that's a twenty five percent increase in a month, in a month. So that type of stuff's got to stop, and it's going to stop once once people working again, and if we ever get people working again, I think, you know, the last couple of years. We have taught people to be good little socialists, you know, in my opinion. Uh, But anyway, once again, this is a live show. So if you've got a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. So look, I I think you've got to understand something. You know, uh, Bob Dickey said this in each of the seminars we had with him. We had five of them. Okay. He said, as earnings go, so goes the market. And people said, you mean politics doesn't have anything to do with the market? No, it has to do with earnings, earnings, earnings. Now, politics can affect earnings, okay, but it's earnings, earnings, earnings. So, uh, you know, you just got to remember that. And uh, I-, I think, look, the yield curve, arguably, is mechanically inverted due to inflation backwardation. Uh, you know, obviously, Jackson Hole was a key event. Uh, and I think, you know, look, there's some key macro events. Uh, you know, we, obviously Powell's speech was, it was short, okay? But we had the University of Michigan survey, which came in kind of interesting. But many of our, my clients, many of our, our institutional clients seem very hawkish and believe inflationary pressures are greater than the market realized. That's what they said last week prior to, you know, Jackson Hole. And that's a very widely held view. All right. So it's enough to say, uh, you know, you could the markets could become entirely corrected just based on that. OK, so that's something to think about. You know, look, I looked at a couple of things and, and I and I read what, uh, you know, people like Tom Lee and, and Laurie Calvacina and a bunch of other people said, and the posted job openings slid big, huge last week. Uh, Wheat and corn are tanking. Uh, Gasoline is down 33%. Okay. Uh, Regional uh, purchases managers index show producer prices received sliding faster than they had in two years. Inventory for home sales. Uh, are near the 2008 high, and airfares are in uh, full-blown deflation. Now, that's what other people have said. So we'll just continue on our way and just say, hmm, that doesn't sound like inflation to me. But, you know, I think that the Fed wants to be sure. And if they can talk it down without – look, you just went through a pandemic. I don't think they want another recession and that was more of just an interruption. All right? Uh but, you know, if they can't talk it down, interest rates will go to 6, 7 or 8%. That's simple. So, look, uh, some people ask me, you know, Tim, why were you bullish? And I'm going to talk about the 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 bullish percent here in a second, but most of our clients had said this most of my clients and most of our institutional clients said this was a bear market rally was doomed to fail. So maybe it was. I don't know. Uh, Investors are waiting for some things. Uh, Retail to capitulate. That's the retail client in in our business. Uh, The earning per shares get downgraded by 20% or more. The Fed to capitulate. And if there's no, none of these happen, uh, investors are going to remain skeptical for a pretty long time, in my humble opinion. Now, uh, one of the things, you know, we saw was the, Empire manufacturing print plunged over 42 points, driven by a sharp decline in orders and shipments for the month. That's the largest decline since 2001. And according to the data, about 44% of the factories uh, survey reported weaker business conditions, which is nearly doubled from the month prior. I don't think the, these people, you know, by the way, outside of Target, in Macedonia, I have drive by it quite a quite a bit. I drive by it on the way to work. Uh, there's still there are still train cars sitting outside there. I think they have a little bit too much inventory, so I, I can't see inflation you know going higher than it has been. Maybe it's not going down for a while, but I don't think it's going higher. And I think that is one of the key key situations I, I think and and Now look, uh, Friday did some damage. Uh, the S&P 500 broke a triple bottom at 4100. So the next support is 3920. Uh, I think the middle of the road on overbought, oversold is 3960. Uh, then we'll have resistance at 4200 and again at 4320 going forward. And the bullish percent was within a half point. Of going out of bull confirmed status. Now, I've been doing this a long time, (laughs) Uh, a long time, and this is the first time I have seen the bullish percent go into bull confirmed status and die two weeks later. Usually, I mean, like I said before, usually it's three months. Uh, You know, the, the, The average is like a a year, okay? So the Fed did their work, okay? They're talking it down. Like I said, you know, here we are in a situation where, look, the Fed does not need to go uh, to a meeting to raise interest rates. Now, look, I'm going to say something here. You know, if you had a wealth plan, and you don't have to be a client now to get a wealth plan, okay? Okay. Uh, you can get a, you know, uh, our beginner's wealth plan. Uh, now look, this week I was, I was, uh, talking to some people who work for companies that have stock options. Okay. And so what we're doing is we're putting in, them into their wealth plan so that we know that, we, uh, you know, what's the best mode of operandi for them. Okay. in the retirement plan and, the one thing the guy did while we were sitting there, okay, because uh, Friday was in my office, is uh, he he looked over, uh, you know, he went to playground and said, with this 1,000-point drop, you know, can I still retire? And they showed him, yeah, you can, all right? Uh, now, he also has a schedule. We now have put together a schedule of you know, of his stock options and, you know, when to use them. Okay, so uh, pretty interesting idea. Look, uh, one of the things I'll recommend is that you go to WHK 1420, their webpage. Go to Local Podcast, down to the Smart Investor Show, and you can go directly to my webpage. And, you know, Rob Schleimer has been worried about a little bit about pullback. I don't think he was expecting 1,000 points, but I don't think anybody else was, or it wouldn't have happened. Uh, and he's under bulletin board and it's trend and cycle. Okay. He puts out what he calls his roadmap every week. Also under insight, there's a lot of good information there. And, uh, you know, I highly recommend it. So, uh, you know, once again, if you want to sit down, start a wealth plan, do you want to uh, have a cup of coffee, talk about the markets? Uh, you know, look a year ago, a year and a half, a year and a quarter ago, we started getting, you know, we said, Hey, the, the bullish bulls at 80. Okay. Now, there are some charts I can show you. That you know the the Nasdaq Composite was parabolic, and so wasn't the. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I had lots of cash. I needed more. Uh, by the way, everybody did. And the S and P 500 was at the top of its trend line, which I, I've been saying since January on the show. Now we're at the bottom. Okay. Now sometimes you got to test the low again just to make sure everybody can't sleep. All right. The stock market is going to push you out at the bottom. That's what it does. It makes sure the most people don't make money. And if you let your emotions get to you, you won't. Okay? It's that simple. But believe me, I still think we're in a secular bull market. All right? You know, we, we had bad times in bull markets. You know, one of the greatest bull markets of all time started in 1982 and ended in 2000. And we had the 1987 crash. I remember my wife told me she was pregnant the Friday before it. You know, I went home Monday night thinking, like, how am I going to pay for this cute young thing that's going to come into my life? And she's been cute forever, by the way. And then we had 1990 when Saddam Hussein rolled into town. Okay. We had a 23% correction. And then in 1998, we had the Russian ruble crisis. These were all bear markets, cyclical bear markets within a secular bull market. It happens, folks. It makes sure you can't sleep. It's that simple, okay? But it also keeps you from getting wealthy when you sell in situations like this. So, if you want to sit down, have a cup of coffee, hit the contact me or email me. Look under insights. We constantly change, you know, the 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 uh, information on there, the research. They mention names, folks. They mention names. Uh, not too many people do that on their website. So there's good information there. Uh, I, I've noticed that the number of people we had 45 people hit up on my web page on average last month. There's 45 people out there that are getting smart. <laughs> How about you? All right. So anyway, the point is, is that uh, look, we had some things happen, and I think. Um, you know, look, if you were have, you know, I, I mentioned last week we were very, very overbought and the, and the summer rebound kind of stalled at resistance. And uh, I still think there's, you know, the, the energy stocks were actually up for the most part Friday. You know, uh, Conoco and Exxon, Exxon actually looked like you could probably buy calls on it uh, on Friday. But, uh, you know, I'm not recommending that, by the way. But anyway, the point is, uh, remember, I recommend it those stocks a year ago. (laughs) Actually, I was 48 when I started talking about those things. But look, the bearish case views the recent rebound as nothing more than an oversold bounce within a downtrend and that is now failing and and likely to make new lows in the fall, fueled by uh, a lengthy list of fundamental concerns. And I understand that. The bullish case, however, cannot be easily dismissed. All right, a number of noteworthy technical events that often coincide with major market bottom lows developed in June and July, market turnables, notably downside versus upside volume readings, along with the percentage of stocks above their 250-day moving averages. And sentiment all collapsed to levels that often develop near major cycle lows. All right? There's a couple other things. The rebound of the major U.S. equity markets took hold from a rising 200-week moving average at a level at which markets markets often establish cyclical lows. Okay, so it's a very important litmus test that is now underway uh, as we see equity markets begin to pull back. Should the market begin to bottom near this fifty to sixty percent retracement of the recent rally, a more convincing bottoming pattern will begin to take shape. Re, really reinforcing the bullish case. And our expectations is that the markets will probably hold near these levels. Now, we, we got there kind of in a hurry. Uh, but like I said, once people understand that the Fed can go out and raise rates anytime they want, they don't need a meeting, they don't need anything. And if they think it's so desperate, why aren't the rates at 6% right now? I want you to think about that. Once you think about that, let's take a break. Once again, if you got a question, the number here is 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
4: I'll always remember Andy's first words to me. I didn't even know we had an ad on Craigslist. Not good when you're calling about a Craigslist job posting. Despite that, we talked for hours and Andy hired me right there on the spot. I was the first non-family member plumber in the business, but it felt like I was immediately adopted into their family. It still feels that way for me and everybody at Why It Works. It's why Mama Ruth still cooks breakfast for everyone. The best part of being a plumber here is the support you get from everybody. One of the earliest solo jobs I had was working in a mansion with a huge indoor pool and a super fancy water heater system. So I called Andy for some advice. He dropped what he was doing, drove over an hour and a half, and trained me and showed me what to do. And that's not an exception that's typical that's why we want to get things wallakadoodle perfect for our customers i'm jamal and if you're a plumber that wants in skip the craigslist
0: ad call us direct consider it done at wyammer License
3: number 30185. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Flatline with your host Rick Hughes every Sunday morning at 630 here on AM 1420 The Answer. The Flatline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Flatline with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 630 a.m. On AM 1420, The Answer. WHKradio.com, iHeartTuneIn, and Odyssey.com.
2: Hey, Alice Cooper, a hardcore Republican. Love him. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, there's a guy named Bob who just emailed me. And I sat down with Bob and uh, it, we opened a, an account Oh, I don't know, about two years ago. Oh man, maybe longer than that. Five years ago, and he had a notebook and he wrote down every major call I made for twelve years. Anyway, Bob's a great guy, and he said, uh, "Tim, what should be, what should we be watching?" And look, um, there was two sectors that I think are really kind of key, and they got whacked on Friday. And that happens, but uh, one was the semiconductor. And, you know, the semiconductors have been in a downtrend basically for most of 2022. And I think I can go back to November of last year. They, they got hammered hard, rallied, got hammered, rallied, got hammered, rallied, then really made a lower high, then got really hammered, then rallied up then got went to a newer low, then got, went up to the downtrend line, got whacked again. Uh, and then in June and July, they kind of made a head and shoulders reversal. But they broke the downtrend line, and they held Friday, okay? So it's I think it's really key for the semiconductors uh, because they've been kind of leading the way. Now, the problem is right now is the semiconductors versus the S&P 500. So if I'm looking at a relative strength basis, Bob, uh, it hasn't broken the downtrend line yet, okay? So there we go. Now, if I look at semiconductors versus technology, it really looks – I mean, it's still in the downtrend, so – that, but we need semiconductors because that's kind of the industrial uh, might of the United States. The other area that had been doing pretty well, it started to break out, was soft, the software index. And I'm using the Dow Jones software index, okay, uh, just because it's easier. And it, it 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 held in a little bit longer,
3: uh,
2: you know, than November. It, uh, it hit its new high in December, I think, and then made a, another low I'm another high just right before the new year's and then got crushed, but it did break its downtrend line and it held Friday. So uh, software versus the S and P 500 is kind of the relative strength has turned up, but it hasn't broken the downtrend line yet. Software versus technology has done the same thing. So we'll see, uh, you know, gold, uh, the continuous gold uh, scenario I've been asked by about 10 people and, uh, you know, it's hard that the, the dollar has gone straight up for the last, I would say, you know, from the, the middle of 2021 till now it's gone straight up. So, uh, and that is because interest rates are going up. So when interest rates go up, your, your currency goes up. Now, sometimes it blows up after that. So you gotta be careful, but, uh, you know, gold and, and commodities. In general, do not go up when the dollar's going up. Okay, uh, it's about that simple, and, and I, I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not even going uh, uh, to pretend uh, to, you know, say anything different. It, you know, it was unusual that commodities had broken out back in in uh, uh, March. I guess it was March first, and and then then they got a kicker because of the war, uh, and so. The uptrend line is still further below, but it does look like to me that the some of the uh, uh, oil stocks did reverse up, uh, so we'll see what happens. But technology stocks definitely got hit the hardest uh, following Powell's speech, and so what we've made is a lower high. So we need to hold. Uh, on, there's some support areas that uh, I'm not going to mention because people then, you know, hold me to it and it doesn't work that way. But uh, you know, like I said, I think Schleimer's right. You know, Rob Schleimer is one of the best technicians on the planet. You can, you can read him. Every week, he puts out a really nice piece it, at my webpage, okay? So if you go to WHK 1420's webpage, go down to the Smart Investor Show, go to my webpage. It's under bulletin board, and it's Trend and Cycle. Uh, that's Rob's stuff. And, and He's made a very valid point, you know? You want to see a double bottom or a higher low. All right, and maybe maybe the speech gave us that opportunity. Uh so we'll see. Uh but you know the volatility index closed above its two day two hundred day moving average this week, uh, on Friday for obvious reasons. And the relative strength, or the RSI I should say, is positive. So, you know, these are things that uh you know are are, are not <laughs> are not good. Uh you know, I, I was reading uh, Tom McQuellan this week. I get the McQuellan newsletter, and he talked about the fish hook in gold. And, you know, a fish hook is a little, is a long down thing and then a little upturn, you know, like a hook. And then if it continues down, you got a problem usually on your hand. And gold did that. So we'll see what happens uh, going forward. Uh, you know, it, it should be uh, kind of uh, an interesting. Um, time, I think. But, you know, look, I, I was listening to uh, Rob Schleimer this week, and he said the same thing about small caps and, and, and semiconductors. He thought they'd pull back first before they, they went up. And he said this before Jackson Hole, by the way. And he's been spot on, shall we say. Now, the, uh, what, what's interesting, I think, about Friday is the bond market didn't react that big. I mean, I think there was like a 5 or 10 basis point move, you know, that it, it didn't move that big. So we still had this inverted curve. Okay, the 2 and 5 year are higher than the 10 year, and they're even with the 30 year. Or they're just a little bit above the 30 year, I should say. And so this is backwardation of inflation. So it'll be interesting to see that, but the, the I think the key is the U.S. dollar has been so strong? Uh, I mean, it's been hugely. It's been wow, you know. Just like uh, charts like that are scary, you know, because they go straight up and sometimes they go straight down. Who knows? But the dollar has been down for a long time, like 36 years. So uh, don't, don't. You know, I don't think we've hit, you know, the the ultimate top or anything. That's not what I'm suggesting. But you know, crude oil uh, has been in the downtrend since the day of the invasion, basically. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we hit a high in, in March and then it, it got beat up and then we, we tried to rally, got beat up again and we're very close to breaking the downtrend line. So it'd be interesting, you know, uh, Brent crude was up four bucks on Friday. Uh, I didn't see West Texas oil. Uh, so, uh, West, West Texas intermediate is what we watch, you know, uh, so I didn't see it Friday and I apologize, but, uh, some reason <laughs> i'm having computer problems again um the energy sector itself broke broke through some key uh, resistance so that may be the place to go over the course of the next uh you know i don't know six months uh you know five months whatever but you know uh, we growth had rebounded very strongly uh against cyclicals uh but i'm starting to see cyclicals uh you know, some of them peaked, but I saw like you know some local cyclicals break out this week. So I don't know. It's it, it's a uh, you know, look. Liquid natural gas stocks are doing great. Uh, that's how Europe's going to make it through the winter. Trust me on that one. Uh, I, you know, uh, if I know Biden well enough, uh, and I think after two years, you know, he's the he's the giveaway king. Uh, he's going to give away liquid natural gas to Europe. Maybe that's the right thing to do. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. But if you look at the quadrant balance oscillator and we look at it on a monthly basis, it is still really, really, really oversold. (laughs) It got a lot more oversold on Friday. So it's at places, I mean, it's in a position where it normally bottoms. Okay. So uh, if it goes any lower, it'll be like lows that we saw in 2002, in 2009. Okay, so I mean it'll be big time. So it, it, we're pretty oversold. Now, look, like I said before, we broke the downtrend line on the S&P 500, but in order to really make it a good-looking chart, we need to make a higher low. Okay, we need to see demand come in at a higher level. Okay, and that that will be very very important. I think Uh, you know we were just turning up on a weekly basis on momentum, and I think Friday took it back pretty hard. So we'll see what happens. The Nasdaq was almost the same way. Now, the Nasdaq relative to the S and P 500 had turned down, Uh, and it you know made a lower. And, on a, and I'm looking at a, a daily basis. So it's just a small lower high. So we'll see what happens. Like I said, we have to watch the, um, the semiconductor in the software area. Now, uh, the Russell 2000 stalled at its 200 day moving average and came right back to support. So it's very important that it holds there. Hey, let's take a break. Uh, once again, the, call, the number here is two, one, six, nine Oh one Oh nine four five. We'll be right back. <music>
3: My first ride along was with Jamal, even before I was hired. They wanted me to see everything from the ground level before moving forward, and it was awesome. The first time I came in, I got to sit in on a meeting and never realized that plumbers have that level of organization and sophistication to their operations. And I say that as a former degreed project manager, as well as an Air Force vet. After getting out of the service, my wife and I moved to Cleveland and I just wasn't happy with the corporate style desk jobs. So I prayed for a sign. That next morning, my best friend called me about this radio ad on The Fish for a company he thought would be perfect for me. And he was right. Wyatt Works was a godsend. You have to want to help people. But if you do, this job is fulfilling in ways that the right person won't find anywhere else. If you want that for your life, call us direct and
0: consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number
3: 30185.
0: While I doodle. This radio station exists to fulfill your insatiable appetite for news and information. If it happens here or around the world and it matters to you, we'll be the first to tell you about it and what it means. But that's not all. Our sister station exists to give your life meaning and purpose. Through the teaching of the Holy Bible, AM 1420, the answer exists to tell you about the world. AM 1220, the word exists to change the world. Together, we can do it.
2: Okay, so Brandy's a fine girl, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I just got an email from John, and John said, what do you think about Tesla, Tim? And, uh, you know, Tesla split three for one uh, last I don't know, Thursday or Friday. And uh, it was right at support, and I think it broke it Friday. So, uh, and I'm just talking off the chart, you know, on a technical basis. So, uh, I think a lot of companies broke support Friday, so it, they're not alone. Uh, on the Dorsey-Wright system, it's a three-for-five, and I'm not recommending it or whatever. I just gave you the information you asked for, John. So, uh, um, very, very interesting scenario, I think. uh, uh <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, – his car just went out of warranty, and he has a electric car. And uh, you should see what the, uh, the cost of the battery is for an electric car. Ouch, ouch, ouch. It's got to tell us that. Anyway, uh, so as I mentioned, the bullish percent on Friday, you know, we needed to break uh, uh, 52 to uh, – Go into a column of O's, and I think uh, I don't have the actual posting, and I apologize because uh, Dorsey writes uh, a little bit delayed uh, after a day like Friday. They usually take their time, but anyway, I think we're there. All right, so this is the fastest move, and this is you know it gets frustrating in my my position. We went to bull confirm status, which is like the the thing you want to be in. As far as Dorsey Wright's concerned, and you know they're a provider of the bullish percent for us, and they've done a great job for a long, long time. Uh, So it's the shortest period of time that we've been in bull confirmed status in my history with them. I started reading their stuff in the early '80s. Okay, so I've been around the block a couple times. So anyway, uh, if we go into a combo's, we'd probably be somewhere around fifty or fifty-two which is a tough place because some, you know, uh, usually that's a uh, scenario that worries me a little bit. And a couple uh, biotech stocks uh, that are in some of the indexes broke down on Friday. Uh, Seattle genetics, which I think this is interesting. They, they said Merck and Seattle didn't agree on a price. So they dropped the stock 12 bucks on the open. Actually it was down 13 and a half at one time. Uh, but guys, they're still negotiating. They may be still negotiating. You know. Look, I've been looking at a car and, and this guy started at one price and now I got him down four or five thousand bucks. Okay. Nobody buys the first price. Doesn't work that way. But they're in negotiations, folks. And there's another uh that's that's in the index that got beat up and it, so it's it's kind of interesting, uh but that that probably'll put a, a kibosh on biotech for a couple months. That's Tim's humble opinion. Um, now the over the counter index, uh, you know, it had to get the thirty six that blew through there. I mean it was down five percent, so the small cap's going to probably take a while to, to digest and the world index uh, is in a column of O 's now so also so what was interesting is energy regained the top spot in dynamic asset level investing. This is relative strength investing. Remember what the institutions want is to be in the best stock in the best industry. okay I would also suggest that because of biotech. Healthcare got whacked this week, so healthcare is probably going to take a little bit longer. It's it's the longest period healthcare has been in the bottom three spots in the entire time I've been watching this. You know, dynamic asset level investment has been around for a while, all right. So it's it's now been eight years that that healthcare has been down. Now, energy and basic materials were down too for approximately. Five years, so you know you got to watch those. Uh, now, uh, communication services—that's the, the meta metaverse and those type of names—have uh, been are dead last, and they don't have many votes. So I'll just leave it at that. But the energy and consumer non-cyclical—that's staples. Financials are third, utilities are fourth, industrials are fifth, and real estate sixth. Uh, and then the rest are non—they're not favored. Now, remember, a year ago, a year ago, in May, we told you to buy energy stocks and utilities. We talked about our energy and infrastructure, uh, you know, that we had a new report from our uh, thing with the institutions. I only had two three people call for it. So um, we're ahead of the game right now. I I, I still think you want to look at the healthcare uh, conference. It's from a while back, but I still think it's worthy of your, you know, looking. So uh, simply because they're cheap, (laughs) Uh, there's a lot of biotechs that are really, really cheap. Uh, There's a lot of drug companies that are really, really cheap, and there's a lot of healthcare companies uh, that are really, really cheap. So somebody asked me, you know, what what would you do? Well, you know. You know, if I had an ETF portfolio, I would just buy ETFs from each one of those. Now, there are better looking ETFs. Not all ETFs are created equally. Okay, Uh, so I'm not going to tell you which ones I'd buy, but I would just take those six sectors and and buy them and then, you know, work accordingly. Um, That's how I do it anyway. Um, But the energy sector on a a positive relative strength basis, uh, you know, uh, it had been negative against small caps. Now it's positive again, Uh, and if I look at the biotech area, it was negative. Now it's positive again, and if I I look at exploration and production uh, versus the utility index, exploration and production, I think that's the place. That you know, uh, exploration and also the oil service area is is very very important as far as Tim Hayes is concerned, because if you don't have the oil, you know. You know how, much, how many gallons of or, or barrels of oil they've shipped from our strategic reserves? You know, how critical that could be if, if something bad happens. So they got to fill that again. There's a lot of oil there. So uh, anyway, uh, so, you know, energy, I'd overweight. I'd overweight consumer staples, which I have a lot of. Healthcare is weakening, okay? So I think you've got to, you know, for the next couple of months, it's probably going to be a problem. Somebody asked me about countries and and. Uh, for some, you know, these are the ones that look okay. Uh, Turkey, Chile, I'm, I'm going in from the top down Turkey, Chile, China, Israel, India, Mexico, Canada, Norway, Czech Republic, and Peru. Uh, I don't have a lot in foreign stocks, and as long as the dollar's rallying, I see no real need to. I did notice that several of these groups, like Turkey and Chile. Have been in a downtrend and they broke through the downtrend just recently. I don't know how they're going to fare Monday. We'll see. Uh, in fixed income, U.S. Treasury yields uh, broke through, uh, and you know the Bank of America uh, Move Index, which measures expected volatility in the bond market. It's kind of similar to the VIX, and the U.S. equity market broke a triple top at 130 on Monday, and continued <laughs> uh, on Friday. So. The volatility in the bond market, you know, people don't understand this, but it's much higher than the stock market in the last two years, much higher. So everybody's saying, oh, the stock market's so volatile. Well, the bond market, you got killed in this year, okay? Just remember that. So, um, you know, the, if I looked at like a core bond ETF, like the AGG, okay, it, it's got a second sell signal after a rally, okay? So I think you got to be careful. Now, you know, crude oil had been negative for eight weeks. Okay. And now has has a week of positive. Gold and copper have been positive, but no real movement up. So it's it's kind of a weird time. Uh, you know, and I think the the reason is, is because the dollar keeps pushing through. I mean, the dollar, if you look at a daily chart, it's almost parabolic, you know? So it's, it's something that you got to pay attention to. And, uh, you know if if we go back in the dollar we're at the highest level we've been since you know 36 years ago how about that huh uh so and and i believe the dollar broke a double pop on friday so you know we've got some stuff going on that is, is pretty significant and uh i hope everybody's paying attention because it, it's important so um you know remember we said a couple weeks ago that Interest rates have broken a downtrend line dating back 40 years, and the dollar broke a downtrend line dating back 36 years. This doesn't happen overnight. These are big events, and it's going to stay that way. You know, I don't think interest rates are going back. You haven't heard me talk about the Savvy Investors Credit Workbook for a while, have you? <laughs> There's a reason for that. All right, If you would have locked in a 20- or 30-year loan on a credit access line several months ago, you'd be in hog heaven right now, okay? So we'll just leave it at that. Um, Now, um, oil has been in a downtrend since they started pumping, you know, uh, money uh, oil out of the strategic reserves. And I understand that may be coming to an end soon, so uh, I thought it was interesting. uh, a, A certain secretary of transportation said, They were giving him a hard time about, you know, hey, what's going on here? And he says, you got what you voted for. (laughs) Anyway, growth versus value, I think, is an important scenario. And growth uh, has started to turn down versus value. So uh, just remember that. And remember, we talked about high beta or quote-unquote industrials versus low volatility. Staples had broken out, pulled back, and held right support well it it's down near support again so we gotta make sure that uh you know we're not uh blowing ourselves up by doing uh, dumb things okay um yeah so let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about insiders uh stay tuned we'll be right back
0: Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland.
3: Business news. You can read about it tomorrow or hear about it today as it happens on the new WHK Business Radio 1420. WHK has it all. Covering the local, national, and international business world like no one else. We're Cleveland's business news radio station make WHK part of your business day.
0: AM 1420, the answer. Brandon Tatum wants some answers.
3: Why did they force a vaccination on the people that they know didn't work? Why did they shut our country down knowing we would go into economic turmoil when we were going in an accelerated pace to do well with Donald Trump? Why would they do these things? The first thing that comes to my mind is because they're crooked, because they have an agenda. They only care about political leverage
0: the officer tatum show weeknights at 7 on am 1420
3: the answer and odyssey wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire at rbc wealth management we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC.
2: Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, Uh, this is uh, the Smart Investor Show, I'm Tim Hayes. And you know, I, I was looking at Insiders this week, and Insiders bought a lot of stock. So I don't know if they're believing what the Fed had to say, you know, which is interesting. But we start out with Nerdy, which is a software company, which is an outstanding name for uh, a company. The chief executive officer of Nerdy, uh, Charles Cohn, bought five million shares at three fifty, and uh, so that's a new high. So that's seventeen and a half million dollars worth. So that ain't chunk change. And you know, we talked about Chimera uh, Software and uh, BVF Partners, which are on the board, uh, bought more. They bought another 545,000 shares, to the tune of, of uh, 14 million dollars. And then uh, Eric Rutschman, who's a director at uh, uh, Six Flags, uh, you know they've been beat up a little bit. Uh, took you know last week he bought some. Uh, he bought about 250,000 shares and he bought another 250,000 shares this week. So uh, that he continues to buy, and Value Act, uh continues to buy insight enterprises now these are an information technology company it's down I think it was a and and uh, seven700 so like 92 right now but remember they bought uh, last week they bought uh, like three hundred thousand shares and uh, they bought uh, another well they bought two and 2.1 million then they bought another 2.7 million and then they bought another 3.8 million all this week so uh, they're 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 in <laughs> or they're getting in real quick and our friends at dish uh J- james defranco you know he had bought quite a bit of dish last week about uh almost six million six and a half million dollars worth he stepped up to the plate on monday about another 2.5 million uh worth uh so i think that's that's fairly interesting it, you know that, that's pretty good money and then um uh, and and I, I don't know this company i was looking at it but uh f45 training holdings this is it was a $7 stock back in January or June. It's now at 275. Uh, and we, we had uh, Kennedy or Lewis Kennedy management by four or five times. Uh, you know, last week they bought 1.4 million. Then they bought another 1.47 million and then a 1.2 and 1.1. Uh, so you like to see that. And then Kohl's, you know, Coles has been getting beat up pretty bad. Um, <laughs> they haven't done anything right for a while. Uh, and plus they, they have activists all over them. So, uh, but uh, Peter uh, Boneparts bought uh, $750,000 worth, and he, he's on the board. Uh, and also, uh, oh, here we are. Uh, Jonas Pricing bought 10,000 shares for the tune of 296,000 shares. And then we had one more, and i got to find it. Uh, oh, shoot. I mixed up my pages. One more for the tune of one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. So uh, that's a that's a pretty good buy. And the guys at Franklin Resources can t- continue to buy Ben and GIM. So uh, you know they've been buying pretty much every week for as long as I can remember. So we'll see what happens. And uh, <laughs> you know somebody asked me, uh, uh, has Jay Farner continued to buy at uh, Rocket Mortgage? And Jay continued to buy at Rocket Mortgage. He bought another 80,000 shares this week. So that's probably a million bucks uh, easy. Uh, you know, Jay is the new chief executive officer because, uh, you know, Dan Gilbert has some health problems. Uh, both great guys from what I understand. You know, that's what I've been hearing from people. Um, anyway. Uh, so there we go. We, we have a lot of people uh, buying stock and, and, you know, we, we, lo- we like that. So, there we go. So, look, I think people were looking for a pullback. I, I, you know, the fact that Jay Powell spoke on a Friday, you know, and we're not at past Labor Day yet, um, probably told me there wasn't a lot of people there Friday. So what we had was the machines running things. And um, I think this, you know, if we hold here, this pullback could be short lived. That's Tim's opinion. But, you know, uh, you know, look. Treasury yields have turned directly higher to coincide with equity weakness. That's you know that three percent area for the ten years seems to be an area that really hurts the uh, the market. But we did have a natural gas breakout in Europe, and this is the highest rate that natural gas has been in almost twenty years. Uh, going in in August, I mean we're nine ninety five nine ninety eight or something like that. So. I think we have to continue to uh, take pretty close attention to natural gas. By the way, when you drill for oil, what's the first thing you normally hit? <laughs> so there's going to be a lot of oil service people that I think are going to make a lot of money. Okay, so it'll be the drillers and the oil service people that make all the money, my humble opinion. And the ex- the next question, I think, will be, if if... Now, this is if the uh, government will let it happen. When do the drillers, when do the big companies in the oil and gas business start to drill for oil and gas in the New York Stock Exchange? That'll be interesting. But energy stocks have diverged very positively versus crude. I think that's important. All right. Uh, I, I, I also, you know, I want to talk about, Healthcare, because I've been talking about this for a while. Uh, They've they've had a relative downturn versus the S and P 500. A couple pieces of bad news, so I probably think that there's that's a headwind, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, I I think you've got to pay uh, a little bit more attention (laughs) to that if you if you're in the healthcare area. Okay. Uh, The the the, by the way, there was a lot of small cap biotechs that broke out Friday. But these are dollar two dollars stocks, all right. Matter of fact, they were the majority of the stocks that broke out Friday. Um, so we'll see what happens. But you know, uh, the trading range and the volume really slowed ahead of the Fed, uh, the Feds or Powell's speech in Jackson Hole Friday. I mean, and there wasn't much volume Friday either. So it, it pulled it, the, the volume came in when the machines kicked in. So we'll see what happens. I thought it was interesting, but copper's wave structure—you know—if you you look at the wave theory um, and the cycles, have a likelihood of a pretty meaningful bounce coming up here, I think. And uh, you know, I don't know if you saw it, but uranium was up big because Japan's prime minister uh, talked about you know an uptick in that group. So, um, you know, I just think that's all the stuff you got to think about at this point. And you know, sometimes it's uh, better. If you start to think ahead, all right, the stock market's a, a chess match, and when you if you start to think ahead, you know if you're two or three moves ahead, you're usually going to beat the next guy or next girl, whatever. Uh, so it's important that you start to think that way, and I think it's important. I think you got to, you know, like I said before, number one, watch the semiconductors and watch the software group. But what's important now? is we have a 1,000-point drop, which means dividend yields are up. The dividend growth in the prime income list are two areas where right now, I mean, some of these prime income lists got higher yields than the 30-year treasury. And you know what? They get taxed at half the rate. They get taxed at half the rate. So the dividend growth portfolio, I'm, I'm telling you, you know, you put this away for 10, 15, 20 years and you keep, you know, with the dividends, you keep buying more stock, you'll have a wonderful source of income going forward, a wonderful source of income. But you got to buy when the stocks are down because the yields are up. That's when you buy a yield, when, when the yield's up. In the meantime, go to WHK 1420, go to local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show and then you can go directly to my webpage, uh, the Insight tab there. You know, go to that. There's lots of research. There's all sorts of contact. Email me. You know, so if you want to sit down and talk about a wealth plan, you know, the people who are scared right now, the people don't have a plan. So if you sit down with us, you know, you don't have to agree to open an account. We can be just as a prospect. You can come in and talk to us about a wealth wealth plan, and then we can see what we can do for you. You know, this guy Friday that came into my office had a problem. He didn't he didn't understand the stock options, okay? So we, we, we figured that out a little bit for him. He, we'll have the wealth plan done for him next week sometime, and he'll, he'll be able to figure out, hey, is it worth it? He was on playground. He was wondering, hey, will I have enough to retire, okay? That's the type of stuff. You know, if you don't have a plan, you're in trouble, all right? So for all you people out there who want to test this out, this is a good way. Uh, but in the meantime, it contact me, email me. Don't forget, under Bulletin Board is Rob Schleimer. Rob's one of the best technicians in the world, okay? He has a great stuff. It's called Roadmap. And by the way, there's a daily newsletter, and there's a monthly newsletter there, which will keep you up to date on the market if you, if, if you like. It's not daily, a weekly newsletter, I'm sorry. Uh, but Rob will we'll give you some hints. By the way, he also talks about the semiconductors and the software group this week, too. So I think that's interesting. But anyway, it's all there for your liking. (laughs) All right. Uh, So WHK 1420, go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show. And, you know, look, if if you want to have a conversation, uh, let's have one. You know, uh, we now have a Westlake office, so I can meet you out there if you're on the west side. Uh, if you're in the city, I can meet you at the city. If you're on the east side, we're going to have an east side office eventually, uh, and uh, I'll be able to meet you there. But in the meantime, I, I still have to look at Starbucks or uh, our friends our yours truly. In the meantime, it's a beautiful day out there. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to buy low and sell high.